I guess I can just start. I guess I'll start the the, the show. Nice. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the beginning where I'm just like, oh, I guess I guess that we'll we'll start. Uh, hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Cranked and Ranked, the podcast and YouTube show where two gentlemen. I mean, I, I guess we I guess we are gentlemen, but but never gentlemen or something hmm. like that. What is that? That's a, is that from the Mighty Boosh? Or it's it's he says uh, a gentleman, but never a gentleman. I think I yeah, it's probably from. Mighty it's Boosh. It's from from one of those British adjacent shows of Mighty Boosh, or, or it's given that sort of vibe, yeah. Uh, or or what's that one? What's the uh, God damn it? What's the one that the two dudes did? Never mind. This is not a very good beginning. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, Snuffbox. That's what I was thinking of. Um, I I think it's from Snuffbox, which is Matt Berry, and then that other crazy American guy that's in uh, Mighty Boosh. Which I don't know, Rich Rich Fulcher or something like that is his name. Yeah. Anyway, they did a sketch comedy thing called Snuffbox, and I think that line is actually from that. Where, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Matt Berry that says it. And so, it, you know, but they're all connected. They're buds. You know, yeah. this is the ranking of all the Mighty Boosh related uh, shows. <laughs> <laughs> Everything Matt Berry has touched will be ranked today. You know, um, some of you uh, that that probably excites some people. Like, oh, let's do that and one day. <laughs> One day we will. But today, um, we're, we're back ranking a band, because that's what we normally do on this show, folks. We rank artist discographies most of the time. And we're back to that today. Yes. Um, and I love, I love when we do bands like this. Bands that I think are not talked about enough. And also, I think people kind of wrote them off. Yeah, completely. I think there, there, there's, there's a good amount of people that don't understand the output of this particular band the band we're talking about by the way in case you didn't read the name of the episode it is saigon kick and i and i absolutely know that a lot of people hear the name saigon kick and they go oh it's like a fucking hair band or some shit oh yeah that's the most gross misinterpretation of a band i think i have ever you know heard in my life yeah. because and this is coming from a hair metal fan you know i'm a yeah. massive fan of you know the most saccharine of glam bands i mean i fucking love those first two danger danger albums right yeah i'll take bang bang naughty naughty to the grave shit the other day you had a fucking nelson album behind you so i mean you've that that album's uh, got some tunes on it man you embrace that shit but but yeah Um, eventually, like you know, we'll get to the actual song that that what was the thing that pigeonholed them. But even yeah. then, if you go back to it, it's it's not even a power ballad. It's literally just an acoustic song. Yeah, and, and it's, um, yeah, it's got them on the on the wiki page. The first um genre they're listed under is glam metal, but a they're they're not really glam. You could you could connect some of what they did to the heavier Skid Row. In the, yeah. in the riffs and the and the 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 I don't know the the whole presentation of it all, but that's yeah. just literally just one really small aspect of this genre pushing band for sure. Before before we get started, I forgot I, yesterday I finally got something that's 
that I'm very I'm happy that I finally have it, but it's very important to our show. So I thought I would share it with you that I finally bought this. Um, do you, do you know what this yeah! is right here? I finally bought. <laughs> I finally bought the Swizz Beats album on C. It's only on CD, and it's yes. literally just a collection of hip hop songs by diff with different vocalists and all this other shit. It's very long, um, but it ends with the song "We Did It Again" by Metallica, Ja Rule, and Swish Swizz Beats. Which, if you are a regular listener that makes it all the way through our episodes, that is our our uh, our celebratory chant at the end of every um, band. Yeah, the, yeah, we did it, Chan. So. I we was like, it. I was like, and I'm <laughs> at this point, I've become such a Metallica completist that mm -hmm. I just want everything. And usually I'll be like, well, if there's a version on vinyl, I want to wait to get that. But I have a feeling this is never, ever going to see the day of the day of light or the <laughs> light of day on vinyl. So I bought the CD and uh, last night I fucking cranked that shit up in my room and it felt really good, man. Nice. <laughs> um, but uh, not related to Saigon Kick at all, but you know. Um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that the dudes in Saigon Kick would have done a collaboration with Swizz Beats if they had come to him. So, you know, there yeah. you go. Anyway, cool. so yes. So um, let's just start off because we got five albums to go through because they only did five albums. And technically, as far as I know, there's still a band like mm -hmm. they could get together and do shows at any time. But I think they've effectively been retired as a recording band, at least as far as I know. Um, mm. And it's mostly because uh, Jason Beeler, sorry, my notes are a mess. Jason Beeler is, has been doing his own thing for a while and he still does really great shit. And I, it seems like Sick he's kind riff. of just, Jiggle oh, your tits when the drummer squats <laughs> down and he takes a shit. I don't know. I don't know the lyrics. Those are but, not. Those yeah, are not the lyrics. I know, but I've just been. I misheard it earlier, and I've not yeah. been able to shake it, and I had to drop it on the show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that one line is when the tempo slows down, the pit gets sick. Yeah, and I, yeah, so I love that. That's a fucking good song. Yeah, that guy still does such great shit. Anyway, we're talking about the band he's formed with one other dude and some other people, um, which is Saigon Kick. So, as usual, we talk about where a band came into our lives. Mm -hmm. And to be completely honest, I don't remember hearing any Saigon Kick before I heard Love is on the Way, um, on, like on, on MTV in 1992. Mm. And even in 1992, a dude that was listening to thrash metal really into the grunge thing you know, moving towards heavier stuff, I still could not ignore a well-written rock song or even better, a ballad. Yeah. And Love is on the Way to me is still, if you're going to, if you're literally going to call it a power ballad, which I guess you technically could, but there's, you know, there's, there's not a lot of power to it. It's, it's acoustic, but um, I'd say it's up there with one of the, as one of the best. Yeah. It's just a fantastic song. And I remember my a friend of mine bought The Lizard um, and we went to go listen to it. And I just remember feeling like it all, it, most of it kind of went over my head. Like mm. I was just like, this isn't really what I was expecting. You know, some of it I was like, yeah. And others I'm like, what are they? What is this? Because I, you know, you know, in 1992, I was you know, 14 years old or whatever. And I, I just think that I didn't quite understand a band 
like them. Like I listen to stuff like, you know, Faith No More and, and King's X and Living Color and bands that did pull from different areas. But for some reason, the way Saigon Kick was doing it, I was just like, I don't think I quite understand this combination or this hmm. this version of it, um, which eventually led me to coming back to the band years later because I was like, oh, I remember that album being kind of interesting. And then, of course, once I went back to it again, I was like, holy shit, man, what yeah. the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> and um, and so that led me into being a Saigon Kick fan. Um, and um, yeah, so and the only album. I, 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 the only album that I know for sure that I had not listened to before this episode was the, was their fifth album, Bastards. All the rest of them, I realized I had heard at least once. The, hmm. the, the, the fourth album, Devil in the Details, I had, heard, I, I realized I had heard a couple songs from, but um, I'm mostly more acquainted with the first three. Yeah. But um, now I'm acquainted with all of them, as, as are you. And so, um, so what was your, um, this is an interesting one because I don't feel like Love Is on the Way is a song that's on GTA or anything like that. So how how does Saigon Kick in the 2000s come onto somebody's radar? Well, here's the thing. Um I remember I think I think I found them in a in like a list of like, you know, uh top 10 underrated rock or metal albums from 1992. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Um it just so happened that was on there and i'd seen their mm. name tossed about you know in the kind of glam thing but it was like a perfect storm because I, i'd kind of done the glam thing to death at this point like i'd kind of od'd on like hair metal and i was like, like spray yeah yeah i was just like <laughs> huffing aquanet like <laughs> but yeah I, I remember um i was kind of looking for something different but like that had that like early 90s feel instead but you know i initially thought that they were a hairband which is why i initially ignored them which you know yeah. which who can blame me because it they're listed as a glam band on yeah fucking wikipedia and un, unfairly so in my opinion yeah that's weird yeah I, I digress anyway i chucked on the lizard and i was like this is like Jane's Addiction and Alice in Chains had a three-way with Skid Row. And like I mean that's that, that that that's a good way to put it, but then at the same time you 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 that even that comparison leaves out a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's mm. like you know, I almost feel like there's so many different areas that they pulled from, not not to mention you can't you can't describe their full sound without throwing in occasionally the the word Beatlesque because they yeah. always seem to have these little things here and there that if you're a Beatles fan, you hear it and go, oh, that sounds like a little bit of a harmony thing that could have been on, you know, a Beatles song. They they definitely, they they have this like 60s psychedelic influence that you can hear yeah. all over their stuff. Yeah. But they, they do it over the top of like the sleaziest, heaviest riffs, like, in the game at that time. So it's yeah. like, um, I mean, phew, the opening track on their debut. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. What are you doing? What are we doing? What are uh, we doing? We're not going into tracks yet. Come no, on, man. But it's just like, you hear it right out of the gate on that debut where they're like, ah, sitars. Ah, yeah. Beatlesy droning vocals. Oh, 
chunky riffage. Yeah. Hello, what's this? And they just keep giving. So, uh, yeah. And, and if, you, if you look behind me for you watching, I only own one Saigon Kick album on vinyl, which is unfortunate. Um, it's all, and that's only because they, they did a record store day reissue of The Lizard and they were sold out of them. So now I've just been kind of holding on, waiting to like waiting for prices to drop down and then I'll snag <laughs> one from Discogs. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, but we might as well just, just jump right into it since we we're already talking about songs, but I, I have a feeling that neither one of us is going to put their debut album at number five. Oh, no, so, no, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, they did five, they did five albums and, uh, t- t- three of them have a different lead vocalist, which is, because uh, you know Jason Beeler, Jason, it's basically Jason Beeler's band because he pretty much wrote, as far as I know, most of the songs hmm. um, and most of the lyrics. And then um, what's his name? Uh, Matt Kramer. When Matt Kramer left after the second album, Jason Beeler took over doing full time vocals. But before that, what they were doing, they really had a uh, a Jerry Cantrell, Lane Staley kind of thing going on. Yeah, and. Um, that's what's great about it. So it's it's interesting to, to to I actually went in and listened to the to this uh discography from beginning to end. And so um I was able to sort of like experience all of my emotions that went on with what the band did throughout these five albums. <laughs> so this will be interesting. So let's uh let's see let's see if we match up on our number five first off, because I have a feeling. Um so uh what's your number five Saigon Kick album? Well, my number five Saigon Kick album is the 1999 album only released in the Far East and Japan. Yeah. Um, Bastards. Bastards. Yes. That's, my, that's, also, that's also my number five. Let's just discuss. There's no way, because like halfway through this album, I'm like, there's no way either one of us is going to put this anywhere <laughs> but last. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, now I, I will say that this is the only album that I'm really going to kind of be cruel to. Yeah. Um, cause the rest of them have so much good shit going on in them. Uh, but I'll let you, I'll let you take the lead, um, with your, with your track by track kind of assessment, because I, I like, I love how those work when, when it, when you go first with an album, because I like how you kind of unfold an album and then I'm able to just kind of jump in and poke at stuff. Nice. <laughs> like, like, remember what he did? He did all the work earlier. Now I'm just jumping on top of it, pointing at stuff. <laughs> we got a fucking scavenger over here, dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, so the album kicks off with a lot like you. Definitely has that uh, '90s uh, alt rock meets hard rock vibe, down yeah. to the dry as hell production. Like, oh shit, yeah. Yeah, there are. I think I, I think that's in my notes. Dry as hell production. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, by track two, you get Jehovah. Like this has late nineties college movie soundtrack written all over it. Dude, that's exactly that's literally what I kept thinking for most of the album. I'm like, this literally, which is which is funny. Not to interrupt, but it's funny because it sounds like an album made by one of those bands that had a track on a teen movie soundtrack. And then that's all that you heard from them. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I think this version of the band changed their name to super transatlantic, put out one album and their song was on the American pie soundtrack. 
<laughs> I shit you not. Like J- Jason Beeler, I guess, reformatted the band. And I think it's it's either most or all of the same people from this album. And they just changed the name, Super Transatlantic. It's very early 2000s teen movies, rock music. Wow. And they're, on, they're on the American Pie soundtrack. So literally the thing that this album made me think of, they went on to do that. <laughs> with another, <laughs> yeah. under another name wow like even down to even down to the album art i mean let's let's talk about that for a second it's literally yeah. like even the little smiley faces on it are like late 90s chat room emoji yeah. things and like even down to the font and the and the minimalist kind of style of it it just screams late 90s mm, um yeah and I knew, and I knew some of the like I was friends with people in bands like that, and I knew a lot of those bands in the, especially the early two thousands. There were a lot of those bands. They're like, yeah. oh, we finally got a record deal. Hey, we're gonna be on a soundtrack. Oh shit, we got dropped. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the life of those bands around that time. Damn, dude. Yeah, like Meet Your Maker. That's that's the thing. Like my biggest issue so far with this album is the dry as hell production because when i think of saigon kick i think of those big spacious harmonized drone vocals with like massive well, just, drums and yeah you also pointed out something else that's missing from this album there's not the harmony vocals that seem to just go through all of the shit all the time those are mostly gone now yeah and it's, it's literally just now J- jason beeler sounding more like billy corgan than anything else yeah. singing songs on this album so it, it, it literally sounds like they tried to make a 90s album for 90s youth yeah and, i mean i mean honestly the songs are not bad but it's like it, c- coming at it from the perspective of like i want to listen to saigon kick this is not saigon kick this might as well be the first super transatlantic album yeah <laughs> the, other, the other one was the second one well it's like it's like i've put here break my heart there is no denying the catchiness of some of these songs yeah, uh, but again, it's just not the Saigon Kick sound at, at all. Uh, Sign no. of the Times is an upbeat, dancey rocker. Uh, so sad to say, it still got a power ballad on there, uh, but it sounds like Oasis covering a Poison song. So, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a, oh man, somebody somebody get one of the brothers. Well, no, there's there's only one of them still in Oasis because they don't get along. But whichever hey, one's still, free rose as it's <laughs> I was just gonna say, whoever's still in Oasis, like yeah. to go to them and be like, "Hey, you should cover Poison songs. That would be an amazing album." Oasis does nothing but covers of Poison songs. I'm down for that, actually. I feel like that could work. Like it could, it really could work. A, a slightly slower, shoegazier version of "Talk Dirty to Me" could work. I think they did. Come on, feel the noise. Oh, they did. Yeah, they, they covered it. Um, What's, what are the what are those brother what are their names? Uh, uh, Liam and Liam Gallagher and yeah. Noel Gallagher. Noel Gallagher, yeah. And I th- and Liam is the vocalist slash um uh, uh what do you call it? tambourine player? Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, and uh, and then Noel is the brains behind the operation. I'm assuming. Yeah. Um. But uh, anyway, I don't know what that's that that's that's an interesting idea though, and I just I just kind of wish that they would do something like that, like the Oasis do co- un- covers that you wouldn't expect them to do. I, I'm always down for a band to do that. Um, but yeah, this is where we get into the uh, 
we're ticking boxes zone and like yeah solitary jerk is an almost new metally alt rocker um i did think that was fun uh uh we never met is a grungy ass alt rocker who's crying now is a funky ass alt rocker (laughs) you know uh big shot is a billy joel cover uh and then nearer is an upbeat closer but it's like you said it's just it might as well be a super transatlantic album because it's it doesn't sound anything like they'd done before And yeah. I, and and I I would be interested to know like you know Mr. Beeler if for some reason you're bored enough to watch this episode um I I would like to know what the sound of this album and the sound of Super Transatlantic like what that came from like was it legit like you can be honest with me sir was it legit trying finally being like look I'm tired of just being in obscurity let's write some music that's going to make some hits because to be completely honest, that motherfucker, that, we'll get to some songs later, but he is such a good songwriter. Yeah. He could have done that thing where he just writes songs for pop artists and other people, and he could probably be a fucking millionaire. And mm-hmm. so so it, 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 it doesn't bother me that they went down this road when it comes to the quality of the songs that they were doing, because they... Held, they they could have held their own with all these other bands at the time. My problem is if I is the name Saigon Kick being on this album because it doesn't sound. It's just literally it's missing so much of what the band really is, and it makes sense because it was their last album. So maybe that was what kind of triggered the name change. Yeah, but um, um, and 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 uh, and, and not only that, this is not available on street on any streaming platforms, as far as I know. It's nah. just you gotta find it on YouTube's or some shit. Devil in um, the Details also isn't on streaming either. Oh, it's on or, Apple. It's on Apple Music. Oh, is it? Oh, Spotify yeah. needs to step its fucking game up, then, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree with you on so many things that you said. The dry production is a big problem for me because I think that the the music that that Jason Beeler writes needs more. It needs, needs more. <laughs> needs more behind it. Mm. Um. And uh, and this uh, yeah this overall is an album that's very stripped back. I miss the harmony vocals, and honestly, the biggest thing is that there's so much less variation in the songs yeah. because the the great thing about the first three, and I'll even throw Devil in the Details in there, is that there would be those songs where if it, at first listen, it does, you go, oh, well, this is this kind of song. But then you start picking it apart and you go, oh, well, no, there's this little psychedelic bit. Or there's mm-hmm. this weird harmony part that almost sounds like it would be in some 50s tune. Um, and and uh, that seems to be completely missing from this album as well. Um, and so the it, it ends up kind of sounding like a band trying to fit in too much into 1999. Which, yeah. for those of us who are fans of, Sa- of Saigon Kick, not Sacred, right? <laughs> um, Saigon Kick. I mean, it starts with an S, two words. Um, for those of us who are fans of Saigon Kick, that's not trying to fit in is not a trait that you associate with Saigon Kick. No. And so that's why it's off-putting listening to this album. Um, but 
it's just uh, it, I wrote down a lot of well written but but largely forgettable songs. Yeah, and um, and it just it feels too much like alternative rock of the day, just like you said. Um, and I it just it 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 ended up being kind of a sad listen for me because I'd never heard it before, but it kind of felt like it was a a band that I loved for for forging their own path now seemed like they had accidentally wandered down somebody else's path. And now they're just like, well, we're here. We might as well do the best we can with this. (laughs) And then they, and then they made this album. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just feel like for lack of a better term, it's kind of a dumbed down Saigon kick. And I don't appreciate that. And I really probably won't. I don't know if I'll ever listen to bastards again, because they have four other albums with a lot more to offer me. And to, to be completely honest, if you listen to the music that Jason Beeler makes now, I think he probably would agree mm-hmm. that the earlier stuff that they did or the first four records um, is a lot more interesting because he's gone back to that now where he will release. He's been doing a weird thing where he just releases like songs like yeah. he had an album, but then like he had a song out and then another one and another. One. It's almost like he's just releasing tracks but every one of them, it's it's like Saigon Kick now, where it's just like you don't really know what kind of flavor you're gonna get, but still amazing songwriting. I mean, the guy does not has not lost his chops when it comes to mm-hmm. that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, so Bastards is our joint number five. Um, let's see how much we match up from from here on out. Let's move on to your number four Saigon Kick album. Cool. So uh, this is one of those times where my three and four are virtually interchangeable. Like, okay. I like both equally, but mm-hmm. as a result of having spent more time with three and knowing it a little bit more inside out than I have with album number four, um, my number four is their fourth album, The Devil in the Details. S- same here. We matched up again. For- okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, 1995 was this. Yeah, Jinx. Hey, um, so this album, you know, has a cool percussion a cappella intro. You know, I like it. It's weird. It's quirky. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Um, and then you get Russian girl. The baseline right out of the gate gives me sanctified by Nine Inch Nails, but played in a band setting as opposed to synths and drum machines. Yeah. But it's just such a killer foundation for a really cool opener. Um, Killing Ground is just awesome riffage. Uh, Eden has great vibes on it. Going On is a laid-back track. Everybody is this grungy bouncer. Spanish Rain, dude. Like, that's a sexy, romantic, Latin-type track. See, that's the thing. He can write in all these sorts of different styles and... He really like leaned into it on albums number three and four, and I like, and I'm and I'm all, I'm also curious about that because I don't know if his thinking was oh I'd like to write sort of a samba or whatever type of song, and he just sits down and does it, or is it just one of those things where he's just fucking around and playing whatever on guitar and goes oh let's there's something let's there see where, let's see where this goes and it ends hmm. up creating and he just lets it go he's like well who cares if this isn't a fucking rock song you know it's, yeah this is what the song you know told me it needed and i made it you know it's a, i don't know it's pretty it's pretty interesting totally like but then it immediately follows it up with flesh and bone crushing riffage 
Sunshine yeah. is some funky ass shit. Like it. Uh, Victoria is this like ragtimey Disney villain song. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Um, afraid killer vibage. I love the ambient guitar effects on this one. Uh, so painfully has some little cheeky harmonies in there. Uh, Edgar, the mellow bits are nice and the heavy bits are chunky. Uh, and all around is this uh, energetic, punky closer track that you know gives this kind of end credits vibe. I love when a closing track feels like credits rolling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They they uh, do that on a couple albums. Have tracks where near the end, where it really kind of feels like a conclusion kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on all those points again. Um, I feel like this out of their first four albums to me feels, even though there's a couple of little diver- diversions or whatever, divergence, whatever the fucking word is, um, it does feel like a more focused and direct version of what Saigon Kick had been doing in, in, in the actual songs. Yeah. It, it feels a little bit more direct um, and a little bit less adventurous, which is, and these are all reasons why it ends up being at number four, because there's still like a lot of amazing songwriting here. But for the, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it wasn't missing something. Like there's a strength to some of the songs that isn't quite there. And the unfortunate thing for this band at this point in 1995, their fourth album, they already hadn't broken big, but they're yeah. still put, they're putting out an album now that for me in 1995, or, you know, and now listening to it, if in 95, it would have been still too varied to catch on with what was going on musically with most people. But yeah. for me, it's not varied enough. It's like, <laughs> it's this weird sort of middle section there. Um, and honestly, this is the, out of the first four, the first one, because they're all fairly long albums. Yeah. But this is the first one where I started to actually look at the time. And I found right. myself going, well, how long is longer? Oh, three songs? Oh, shit, okay. Um, but so I, I think that, uh, that that it's the first one that feels long. And it's so, so clearly it's not as engaging overall as an album. But the, I mean, it, it, it's got a hard job, you know, ahead of it because it's having to compete with the other three albums, which is yeah. pretty ridiculous. Um, and then obviously a thing that I'm going to say also about these two um, water and devil and details is um, vocally speaking, while it really does kind of present the same kind of thing that was happening in the first two albums, the tone of their two voices together is what I really liked. Yeah. And now it's Beeler harmonizing with Beeler and it's good, but it's still, it's missing something. It's like, um, it, it's kind of like if, you know, Alice in Chains did an album where it was just Lane harmonizing with Lane. It's not Lane and Jerry, you know? Well, that doesn't, that actually seems good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just that blend of those two different voices, though. Well, it's, it, yeah. it's, 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 it, but you made a good, you, you actually nailed it because there's Jerry Cantrell solo stuff and later Alice in Chains stuff where it is Jerry harmonizing with Jerry and it does not have the same effect. It yeah. does not sound as good. Um, so you easily, it makes sense, but yeah. So devil in details, honestly, like if you're getting into Saigon kick and you actually are digging what they're doing, then devil in the details is a good album. It's just having to compare it. 
to the other three, it yeah, it's it 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 fall it falls a little short, and so it ends up being our joint number four. That's I'm I'm so I'm so curious now because I I honestly I'm gonna go ahead and call it. I think we have the exact same ranking. I'm gonna wow. say it. I really think that we do. Is this um, the first we'll, first time ever? Like, cause we've done. I with, don't. I don't know. Our our helmet one was half the same. I think it was like our top yeah. four was exactly the same. I don't think we. I don't. I now. I don't know. I don't remember ever completely matching up every album, but I have a feeling it it had to have happened at some point. Maybe it happened with <sighs> yeah. Ugly Kid Joe or something like that. Possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, all I know is that I have a, I have a feeling. So uh, let's 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 do this. What what is your number three Saigon Kick album? Well, before I before I say what my number three is, I just wanted to say that there are there's like a trinity of bands. There's, there's three three bands that I feel like inhabit this zone of should have been way bigger. Um, didn't adhere to any particular genre. Yeah. Um, had a sense of humor and just did their own thing. And that trinity is Ugly Kid Joe, Saigon Kick, and Scatterbrain. I think oh. those those these three bands have a vibe that, you know, there's a lot of bands doing this like genre fusing thing mm-hmm. around this time, you know, like Living Color and Faith No More. But I think these guys this is the zone where they should have been fucking huge and they Sadly, weren't. I mean, Ugly Kid Joe I, were massive on the first album, but like, but but they were massive because of one particular song, really. Yeah, like the rest of their stuff is so underrated, man. I yeah, but and I and I I really think that Saigon Kick had their first album come out in 1989. Maybe they yeah. would have gotten a little bit more because at 91, they literally didn't release their first album until 1991. Yeah, and um. But I think in 1989, you literally had this this huge upswelling of odd bands. They were actually mm-hmm. getting a lot of traction, and so because I think in 91, it was the beginning of like moving into like, oh no no, things need to be very one thing. You yeah. know, choose your genre and move with it. Um, and so I think that 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 was the problem. But um, I agree with 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 all those bands. I mean, that I you know. For for me, the biggest one is Kings X is a band that should have been bigger, yes, and didn't quite adhere to any sort of genre um, specifics in what they were doing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, we should. Fu- I immediately thought, oh man, we got to do a Ludacrist slash Scatterbrain. We definitely um, will ranking. That would be fun. But yeah, number three, Saigon Kick. My number three is album number three from 1993, Water. Water, which is also my number three. Or uh, uh, oh man, I, I did I did I, I stepped all over you saying water. Water. <laughs> tea doesn't exist this, in Britain. <laughs> this album is called Water. I say I say tea doesn't exist in Britain. That's what we drink. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So this album to me is where. I don't want to say it's disjointed because like I feel like that's doing it a disservice because the first two albums have a vibe and it's you know 
slightly unique to each album, but largely the same kind of core sound going on. Yeah. This one throws the rule book out the fucking window because this one's like, okay. And absolutely any style is on the cards. This feels like um this feels like a Mr. Bungle album that could be played on the radio, you know? <laughs> uh just with I, all the I genre got, hopping. Yeah. I could see that, yeah. Um it it do, it does it does have that feeling of a of a what genre I, are we? I, 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 I hate <laughs> yeah. to use the term all over the place, but I mean that in a really good way. Yeah. Because yeah. where where the, the first two albums do have that quality of like, wow, they really they there's no rules. They just do kind of whatever they want. They still feel like they kind of fit together in kind of a, a cohesive way. This is this is the first one where it really is just kind of like whatever. You know, it's like let's let's do whatever. And I don't know if that had anything to do with the songwriting process, because I don't know at which point Matt Kramer left the band because he apparently left the band because he was unhappy with the direction that the songwriting was going. Hmm. And I don't know if that means he, they had already started recording or, you know, were these songs written, you know, and, and, you know, with Matt Kramer still doing vocals and then recorded without him. I, I, I don't really know the specifics of it, but um, it really does have a, an odd quality that I actually really like where it it sort of feels like a trying to making a really great album while powering through kind of a, a, a tumultuous or whatever that word is time mm -hmm. tumultuous, woo, tumultuous. Somebody else say that. Yeah. Um, that's it's, it's, so that's why, uh, that's why I think it, it's interesting because it, it feels more uncomfortable while still being really fucking good <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes any sense well like kicking it off with one step closer i mean good god what an opener super yeah. heavy absolutely love it that's like a top three song for me from this band yeah um mm -hmm. i i feel conflicted about having space oddity the bowie cover as track two well, I mean, on streaming services, it's not there. Is it there on Spotify? It's on Spotify. Oh, on uh, on Apple Music, it's missing. Ah, and so it just goes straight to track number, which uh, which and I and I didn't go try to find it because I'm just like, why would they put a cover song at number two? Um, yeah, it I, seems weird, but whatever. I'm gonna be honest as well. I I, I know Space Oddity is cool, but. I've come to Take your protein pills and, and put, put your, your helmet, helmet on. on. Yeah. Round control to major tom. Yeah, I just had to. Do I, it. When I was when I was younger, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was younger, I used to. Uh, once I realized that a lot of older music used to fuck around with panning and stuff like that, yeah. I used to like disconnect one speaker to hear a song differently. And if you listen, if you listen to Space Oddity like that, one of the sides, there's like silence and then you hear him go ground control, like the, the harmony vocal comes in. Yeah, yeah. And I was always like, that sounds so fucking weird. Another yeah. really great one for that is there's a song called Blue Jay Way by the Beatles, mm -hmm. sung by uh, George Harrison. And the music is all in one speaker and the vocals are all in one speaker the only other thing that ever happens in the other speaker is these weird where they, they let the music seep in for a second and go like, nah. so if you just play that speaker, it's just him singing like, please don't be long. And you hear like, 
<laughs> it sounds fucking weird. And I but I love that shit because I you know that yeah. was like I was so bored back in the day. I'm all like, ooh, I'm gonna listen to these songs totally different. One song only on the left side, and then the next time on the right side. You just hear these. That's just a thing that like I wish that they did more of. I wish that they people fucked around with the placing of instruments and like so you literally could just be like, I'm gonna listen to the left side of this song this time. And yeah. Anyway. That not, that's not this version of Space Oddity. That's the original <laughs> Bowie version, but still, whatever. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I feel like if you're gonna do a cover song on an album, put it later because it. For me, after one step closer and then going straight into Space Oddity, like the pacing is just way out for me. Yeah. It's it's actually better going straight into Water. Yeah, so. and that's like my my biggest gripe with this album. Like, yeah. it's just like why there. But Water is this like psychedelic poppy song, really cool guitar effect going on. Torture, God, that riff is killer. Yeah. Damn, dude, like the groove on this is unreal. Um, Fields of Rape, Ballad Time. It's good um, one too. Yeah, is it? Change these fields of rape. Uh, I love you. I love you. Uh, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a yeah. It's a it's a pop song, albeit with a killer solo, and it's yeah. damn good. But it's yeah. like th- this is the insane thing about this album. It's on the same album as One Step Closer, which is one of their heaviest songs. Yeah, and this is like probably the softest thing they've done yet. Um, I, I I I think that the heavy stuff on this album is the heaviest that they ever did. Mm-hmm. Like it's the hev- the heaviest they ever got is on this album, which is why I guess why it also seems disjointed when you hear these other sort of poppy things that pop up. For sure, pop pop. pop. Hey, uh, <laughs> you get Sergeant Steve. This uh, short and sweet sixties esque track. Oh no! Wait, um, no wait. It's wait. What is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, you, you go down like that. Or, yeah, or yeah. It com- no, comes no. up, comes up over here. And then straight down, but I just whacked my fingers on the table. And, and I'm pretty sure I just in broke the pod- my pinky. podcast world. We just started doing these salutes that I guess yeah. in the British Times. Yeah, area. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my navy days, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my heart as is as meditative as it is crushing. Uh, mm-hmm. On and on, I love this song oh, so goddamn much. St- let's let let let's live in this area for a second. So on and on. So my my I wrote a description next to it, and I almost feel like it would be like something you would write. I wrote funky, catchy pop perfection. Yes. Um, th- this is this is a really great example of if he had given this song to a different artist, it yes. would have been a massive hit. Huge. It is so good. It is like yeah. every single time, I'm just like, how is this not? They should literally just literally somebody should literally just take this song now and just throw it out there as a single and be like, who yeah. care? D- don't worry about the band name. Just listen to the wonderful pop. Like it's like it's like such a well crafted and performed and catchy. It's it's just great and it's so funny because like you know we're like once again. The, the the this really heavy shit with these big ass crunchy riffs and then this just like perfect funky pop song is just mm-hmm. you know it's like it's like the kind of song that maroon five wishes they could write 
Thank you. <laughs> it's like that it's song just of yours so, is absurd. <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. And so like that's it's so weird that like my favorite song on this album is one that like if somebody said when you what does Sagan Kick sound like? You'd be like, well, I can't play you that one. <laughs> that's, that's not that's not what they sound like. But it's just so fucking good. Anyway, all right. Yeah, it's on. it's wildly good for yeah. like a song way outside of you know what they made a name for themselves doing. You know, they're yeah. largely known for being a heavy band, and yet they can write a song like this way out of what they're known for yeah and it's f- so good like i oh yeah you know, is- you, know you, you know what we should try to do we should try to start some sort of a of a of a not a not a not a petition because i don't want people to just sign up but some sort of trend where i want like everybody that's listening if you if you have a tiktok account like make mm-hmm. a tiktok with the song on and on by saigon kick and let's try to like, because I don't see why this wouldn't catch on and become fucking massive. So maybe yeah. if we all do it, all make TikToks with the song on and on by Saigon Kick, maybe it'll start trending. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Jason Beeler starts getting checks in the mail. He's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and we'll go, you're welcome, sir. Yeah. He's effectively forced <laughs> to come on our show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we got to have guests because we we were a guest on somebody's podcast recently. Go go check that yeah. out, the Face in the Crowd podcast. Um, yep. two really cool dudes from uh, from the from the UK from from Eddie's neck of the woods, and yes. uh, and they had us on their podcast for an episode to talk about all the really sh- fucking awesome albums that came out in the same couple four, months four space days in, in nineteen ninety one. So yeah, eventually we got to we should have people on our show. Why not? Yeah. I don't fucking know. Totally. So maybe be, maybe Beeler will be the first one. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna like tag him in all the shit for this episode and be like, listen to our shit, sir. <laughs> I know I said a lot of mean things about bastards, but come on, you, you know that that one's not that doesn't hold Do, up, right? Just just <laughs> just skip to 48 minutes and 42 <laughs> seconds, and then it's just love fest from there on in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, you get the way, which is this like bluesy ballad. Yep. Um, sentimental girl again it's one of those like Disney villain songs where they're kind of explaining the plan to the protagonist while also singing the best song in the damn movie I, I don't know what it is it just has this like it has a vibe to it man um, close to you pounding tribal vibes yeah. when you were mine this is straight up one of the most ambitiously genre hopping albums I think we've covered yeah. Yeah. on this show well yeah. i mean we did we did mr bungle so i don't know if we should yeah but <laughs> mr bungle is this is their own fucking level of insanity though i guess yeah but like when it comes to having songs this well written and so wildly different yeah few can pull that off like oh yeah 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 any other band did a song like one step closer and then did an on and on on and on there on and on would be a novelty this is just legit really good um yeah 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 when you were where where was i um oh yeah reprise 
as Closer wraps this wild ride up. But, Once um, again, feeling like the ending of a, of a movie or something in the end of it. And Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Also, my number three, obviously. I, I don't have a lot to add. Um, I, I already said this before. My, my The only real gripe I have about this album is the fact that I miss the Matt Kramer-Jason Beeler combo in the yeah. harmonies. Um, but really, if you're not as picky as me, it sounds very similar. Like it doesn't, yeah. it, it's not like all of a sudden the vocals sound different because you always had Beeler's vocals up in there with, with Kramer. Um, but I just, uh, I just like that better. Um, but this hmm. is like, you can't fuck with, with, with how great most of these songs are just in um, the, the overall songwriting and, and everything. Um, I, I really think that the, that, some of it comes off as a little bit more of the same, like the heavier tracks. I feel like, oh, I feel like they did something similar to this already, but that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing because it's just a, another great song. It just happens to be in this, a similar vein of another one. Yeah. But, um, but that's only a few tracks there. Um, I just think that it's re- this is a really tough one for me because it had to stand up against the first two albums. Uh, I, I like that there's a bit of a progression here with like him deciding to use like program drums and some electronic elements. And, and then is it, is, is it the song, my heart that doesn't even like, ha- it just has like toms and stuff. It, it feels very, it doesn't yeah. like kick into like a rock thing. I think that's the song I'm thinking of that. Um, it has like a vibe. It's more of a vibe than it is like verse and a chorus and things like that, which I like yeah. shit like that. Um, it's just it's a very strong album in many ways. And as a Saigon kick album, I'd say like, well, yeah, if, if you're if, if you started here, it's not a bad place to start. Mm-hmm. But I just think that the bar was has had been set so high with yeah. their first two records that. This one had a lot to compete with. But that being said, that amount of competition that it had to deal with, it, it still comes out as fucking incredible shit so um so yeah water is also my number three um i mean on all of these things for those of you who if you're sticking around and listening to us and you you know don't know this band all of these things that we're saying like we're not we're not uh it's not embellishment or or over over uh what do you what do you call it What's the word I'm looking for? It's no, we're not exaggerating. Like when we no. talk about the different styles of songs that they throw in, like it, it's, it's literally that. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, so it, you have, it's like, it's such an interesting discography to rank because you do have all of these different elements. And um, now that we're getting to these, the, their first two albums, mm-hmm. whether they'll be in the same order for us, we'll find out. But now you have these first two albums where you have all of these things that we've been discussing with Saigon Kick, but now there's the added element of that sort of late 80s, early 90s hard rock thing yeah. with not only the production, but also some of the riffs and, and things in here and there. And so to me, that adds another level of amazing shit to their music. And so that's why, you know, these the first two albums are the top two for me. But... Which one is your number two Saigon Kick album? Before we move on, I just want to highlight the fact that, you know, their debut, The Lizard and Water, 
it were released consecutively year after year. Yeah. They were just, they were on a fucking roll. I mean, Saigon Kick, 91. The Lizard, 92. Water, 93. Wasn't until Devil in the Details where you had, like, a two-year gap. Yeah. These, like, they're just... <laughs> I know, just, I know. Just shitting out greatness uh, I think left, right, Prolific is what they say at that point, right? Prolific. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. with the length of these albums, these aren't short albums. It's not like they nah. wrote ten songs and called it a day. These are these are they give you a lot in all of these albums. Yeah, insanely well composed stuff. But uh, yeah. with that, let's get to my number two, which is the debut Saigon Kick. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an identical ranking. Hey. Maybe the first ever. If if anybody out there remembers a different identical ranking. Um, put that down in the in the comments or or email me oldheadpodcast at gmail dot com. I, I think this like is it. We'd remember it. I we yeah. remember that. Yeah. So literally, we have the exact same ranking for Saga. My, the, the debut album from ninety one is also my number two. So let's let's jump right into it. Cool. Well, right right out of the gate, you get New World, which you know mm-hmm. blends the psychedelic and the heavy metal vibe perfectly. Um, yep. Complete with sitars, you know, which is always a winner. Um, mm-hmm. And then immediately after this one, you get what you say, like, oh, man. It, their vocals, which was the, that was the single off the album. Yeah. Which, what which you had say, an you know what you do. It had a video on MTV, but I don't remember seeing it. So, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I saw it later on in life, like when I watched old episodes of Headbangers Ball, I'm like, oh, there, there they are. And I think they did a different another video off this album too. But both of them were one that I, ones that like I guess I just I missed them when they came, when they were on or whatever because I don't remember them at all. Yeah, like it, their vocals, like the combination of you know Kramer and Beeler, their vocals sit somewhere between you know Perry Farrell at his most whoa oh and yeah. the layered vocals of Lane and Jerry from Alice in Chains. Absolutely. Sat a, sat atop that kind of early 90s hard rock sound yeah that's been vibed way the fuck out um the the interesting thing about about this album though is that if you actually think about alice in chains and you take facelift and you take dirt the first saigon kick album fits right in the middle of both of those yeah like i you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like there are elements where i go oh this this is heavier like Alice in Chains would become, but also still has some of these, you know, one foot in the eighties kind of hard rock things going on in it. So it's really interesting to, for uh, sure. I really, you know, to, if for, 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 you know, an Alice in Chains fan, the first, you know, handful of three, you know, I'll see, I'll say the first four second kick albums. Like you're, you'll, it's perfect for that yeah. kind of shit. Uh, you get what do you do which you know same as you do what do you do <laughs> i'm fine thank you uh, uh it's it gives like that kind of sardonic punky guns and roses skid row kind of vibe yeah. you know where it's like snotty and sarcastic but still really well produced and and loud yeah. um oh god susie is just sleazy grooving funky ass shit Colors is is see that's the thing. Colors is this dark, brooding, atmospheric track. Yeah. Um, coming home. Uh, this is where I have that note about them being categorized as a hair metal band. Pardon me. 
Speaking as a fan of hair metal, the fact these guys are categorized this way has always struck me as utterly wrong. As Oh, yeah. They have more in common with the grunge and alternative bands than they do anything of the glam thing. And, yeah. you know... The, you yeah, know, the, clo- the closest they come is you can compare them to maybe a Skid Row. Yeah. Or, but even on, for Skid Row, I would equate them more with Slave to the Grind era Skid Row than I would their first album. So it's yeah. like there's a little bit of that 80s hard rock in it, but it's not overbearing. It's not, che- it's not cheesy or or um or yeah. poppy really. It's, yeah, I mean, it's- the poppiness is like from a completely different area in this in this music. That's just good songwriting though. Like yeah. yeah. Um you know, it's it's like I said, they inhabit a zone with Ugly Kid Joe, for example, where they ain't glam and they ain't thrash. Um yeah. yeah. Love of God, what a fucking tune, dude! Love that yeah. song, great chorus. Down by the ocean, yeah. Some of it- some of those, like that's the weird thing. A song like that is like so. They have one song that you would release and go, oh well, this is clearly going to go on on Headbangers Ball. And then mm-hmm. Love of God, if that was a single, that would have been on 120 minutes, the alternative show, because I'm they literally had those. They literally had those. Those things where somebody who's really into, like you said, Jane's addiction or something like that, they would be really into this. Somebody yeah. who's really into so the heavier shit, they would be into this other stuff. So it's just I can't I can't stress that enough, folks. It's just amazing how well they did it. Still having an album that sounds like one band, but yeah. having these songs that could just be in these different areas. So it's fucking great. It's incredible stuff. Down by the ocean is is this psyched out harmonizer. Uh, Acid yeah. Rain is is short and sweet. Uh, my life. I honestly have no idea how to describe this song. I just fucking <laughs> love it in yeah. all its unusual glory. Even the kazoo yeah. solo. There's a kazoo solo in the song. And mm-hmm. for some reason, it's just... I, I don't have words. Like, I mean, yeah. barring the ones I said. But I honestly don't know what genre you would even call it <laughs> you know but is i mean this, it's, it, at the end of the day it's all rock music it's yeah. just it's just they they didn't give a fuck <laughs> yeah. yeah they didn't give a fuck about like what rules and and i it one as i've always said i wish there were more bands like this that did not yeah. care that just made music and it came out however it came out and for them to make stuff this good i'm sorry yeah. it's it's the the it's criminal that they're yeah. not huge. Um, yep. Month of Sundays is just grinding That's a good heavy one. ass riffage. Ugly is more grinding heavy ass riffage. Um, <laughs> Come take me now. We have entered the ballad zone. So, so that that I love that one because it's almost like it's got a big chorus that reminds me of like, you know, the end of Hey Jude where everyone would sing along, but the mm-hmm. lyrics are, that's dark as fuck. Lord, come take me now. Yeah. Feel that it's over. Like it's, I'm like, that's not, it's like a really sort of like, everybody sing along. We're all fucked up. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. It's a, it's great. Plus that one has that thing where it feels like the end of an album. Like that's the, the I don't know, crescendo or what do you call that part? Is that the right word? Sometimes I pull out words and I go, Ooh, that yeah. sounds nice. But I stop myself and I go, Steven, you're not that smart. So don't be using words like that because you're probably using them incorrectly. You just got to believe in yourself, man. You got to believe. All right. Well then crescendo is what I'm going for. 
Hell yeah. And then you get um, <laughs> IC, uh, I dot C dot U dot, which is a fun, groovy closer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, dude, man, man, dude, dude. This is the real cerebral portion of our show where we we just (laughs) say dude man to each other for a little bit. Yeah. That's when you know an album is really good when you're trying to talk about it and you're just like, dude, dude, man, come on. Yeah, dude, man. (laughs) Dude, hell yeah, dude, brother. Um, It's it's fucking amazing. Over to you. Mm with the weather yeah um so the so amazing album i I, the the best thing about this is it's their first album and they literally don't fit in with album number one they they came right out of the gate with like look this is who we are as a band um is the record label having trouble figuring out where to market us we don't care (laughs) you know um and uh and so like like i tried to write a description if somebody said you know if we were going to go into their wikipedia so i wrote Heavy, melodic, funky, glammy, fringy alt metal. Yes. All, yes. all of the, like, that's literally, you can't do it any shorter than that, I don't think. Um, and uh, with a pinch of LSD. <laughs> yeah. And, but the thing that I really like about a band like Saigon Kick is like, there are bands out there that have their influences where you can hear the influences. You go, oh, I totally get this, but they sound so much like kind of a rehash of that. That you go, well, I like it, but it sounds a lot like shit that it's already happened. They are a band that kind of had no problem wearing their influences on their sleeve, but they almost like carved their own, you know, I don't know, created their own voice out of these things that. So, yeah, even though a song will take you places where you don't really expect and the song following that will be a song that you're not expecting at all. There's a familiar familiarity with a, with what they're doing that almost is like kind of a nice little hand kind of dragging you along. Like, Oh, don't worry about it. You know, we, you know, there's, there's things that you know in here, but there's also the unknown in here. And I kind of, uh, I really like that. And, um, at, at this point, I mean, I, I said it before, but we got to, you know, point out that for the most part, almost every single song that we're talking about was written entirely by Jason Beeler. Um, yeah. Vocals or lyrics included. And, I, I like this album probably for a similar reason that you do because it's got the big old late 80s style production, but it's in 1991. And um, the cool thing is that that element of it is, is a, a point of the album that I really like because it sounds like a band that for some reason is like, like I, you would, it would not surprise me if you said, oh, these, this album was recorded in 1988. And I'd be like, oh, okay. But at the same time, they are a band that while they have that part of them that that sounds like the 80s, so much of what they're doing was forward thinking even way past 1991. Like, yeah. so, so it's it's this interesting combination of things that n- not many bands could pull off. I read, I read, a, I think it might have been on their wiki where somebody's review of the album that they said that it felt like they were trying to please everyone. Hmm. And I kind of hear it in the opposite way where I feel yes. like they're trying to please nobody. Yeah, Like they're I'm not really that. thinking about who the audience is. They're just dudes that got together. Beeler had these ideas. 
And then they just made the this music and they never thought one second, well, we got to put a, a softer song on here. We got to put an alt rock song on here. We got to put a metalish song on here. I don't think that they did that. I really don't think that's the way that it happened. No. Um, but uh, one thing I can say about, you know, most of these albums is that Saigon Kick, if nothing else, should be remembered for being a band that always gives you way more than you're able to digest on the first listen. Yep. Yes. You you can't listen to an album one time and then go, yep, totally, totally got all of that. I know all the little parts that were important or what was unique about this and that. No, you need several listens. Um, they, but the, also the good thing is every single album has those songs where right off the bat they're fucking bangers but then there's those other ones where you go I didn't realize there was so much going on in this track and that's it I, I think that that's why, that's why they're such a great band because they, they and once again why it's frustrating why they get lumped in with like these other bands of the time because I'm just like nah they had so much more going on with them and um yeah. So that brings us to our joint number one in our first ever joint identical ranking, ranking. <laughs> identical yeah. ranking, where our number one is the lizard from 1992, which was Hell yeah. you know, my introduction to the band, really. Um, so let's 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 get off and running on on the lizard. <clears throat> okay, I need to clear my throat here because it deserves, you know, the ultimate, you know, praise. Oh, I'm just I'm just going to start talking. I'm not going to do any extravagant stuff i just i just didn't want to voice crack in the beginning so yeah the the album opens up with this like kind of two minute intro track called cruelty which is yep. just like this cool psyched out major key melodic thing gets you in the mood for the general vibe of the album because it's yeah. it's got a heavy vibe but it's really ethereal and um cerebral sounding uh and then after this one fades out you get hostile youth which is this ultra chuggy opener feels like a grunge band that isn't ashamed to like heavy metal you know yeah because yeah like oh, it's just so good Feels yeah, it's, it, it is it is it is i mean before you even get there yeah hostile youth yeah. is a like, mission statement uh, I, I think it's up there, like, because I would call it a grunge song. And yeah, same. I would put it up there with, like, if you made, like, a top 20 best grunge of the early 90s, I, Hostile Youth has to go on there. It is just yeah. so good. Just the yeah. whole energy of the song and the fucking guitars sound huge. The whole song we sounds huge. We don't like a Holmes. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing but, but a joke. joke. Yeah. yeah. It's... It's uh, it's great. And then it, and they still have that thing because it's very rocking. But then they have that middle section where it gets a little bit kind of psychedelic for a minute. Yeah. And then comes right back into a fucking killer guitar solo. Like it's it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's a great should have been bigger. Uh, yeah. The whole, so much about this band should have been bigger. There's there's parts of this album that sound like they would fit right in on like Stone Temple Pilots core, you know, yep. like that midsection. Yep. It feels like that bit in piece of pie. Um, oh yeah, I and I'm not saying that it you know feels like a ripoff or anything. It's just this like 
it's just further proof that society peaked in 1992 and we've been on a downward <laughs> spiral since. Uh, <laughs> now it's, uh, oh man, feel the same way. Love the yeah. hooks on this one. So hooky, yeah. so catchy. Um, the harmonies are just everywhere. Um, freedom, got sick riffage going on here. Yeah. Um, God of 42nd Street is this like somber, laid back tune. And that um, one, that one just, that one is very Beatlesque. It's um, yeah. got a lot of that going on, but it's like, and then they just, you know, that's after like several like catchy rockers. And then they just kind of throw this one at you and it's like, it's great. And then like, you know, coming in at less than a minute, you get my dog, which oh, yeah. is just, yeah. it's just this fun. What the fuck track? Like, yeah, we have the track dealing with the death of the narrator's dog over the top of a dissonant rendition of Walking on Sunshine. Like... (laughs) (laughs) My dog's walking around and around, minding his own business. This fucking car came and ran him over. Have you seen my dog playing around and around? I just... Every time I start, I can't stop. That was almost the entire song you did right there. (laughs) That that was like the entire first half. (laughs) It's like it's like um, it's like that uh, South Park episode where like once someone starts singing, um, so, oh, come sail away, yeah, 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 come sail away, come sail away, come sail away with me. Where he has to sing the whole thing, get it out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh man, Peppermint Tribe, heavy ass shit, awesome mm-hmm. drum grooves, psychedelic yeah. vibage. It's no secret as to why this album is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Love is on the way. It's it's power ballad time. And Amazing it's a good song. One. Amazing yeah. song. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's 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 so good. And that and that and and it's it sucks because it's an amazing song. And I'm glad they got a hit out of it. But I think it also its success did them a, a disservice because I think yeah. that that because Hostile Youth had a music video and was also on Headbangers Ball, but didn't have any kind of crossover appeal into you know the mainstream. And so most people heard Love Is On The Way and literally just said, oh, well, these guys clearly fit in more with Tesla, which, you know, I'm not not, not talking shit about these bands I'm going to name, but like, you know, Tesla and Trickster and like all of this shit. And um, and it just sucks because like, you know, those they weren't that, you know, those bands are good bands, but this is way different. This is just a beautiful song in the middle Mm -hmm. of a killer album. And uh, I love it. It's it's just such a fucking it's ne- it never gets old to me it's just such a great song and then you you immediately follow that up with the title track the lizard which yeah. is just crushing chunky groovage um mm-hmm. man i love all all right absolutely love this song love the yeah. vibey chorus especially then you get sleep which is uh this like instrumental interlude into all i want which is probably is quite possibly my favorite song on the album. Like it's yeah, an amazing it's song. Proves they're not just another hair band either. Like it, it, they're totally unfairly maligned by that label. Um, now he, here's the thing, right? Body bags. I'm amazed. Cold Chamber don't get hounded about their song Loco because the riff is virtually identical to this song. What? But isn't and that like, most, there's so many new metal, like shit that came late nineties, early two thousands. There are so many riffs that rip off early nineties stuff. It's just yeah. everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be I'll be real here. I think but Body Bags is the better song. But I, mean, uh, I also like Loco. Loco. But uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Miss that was, Jones. I mean, that, at, that, at that point, that's when that, that's that shit like that is what killed new metal, I, I think, because it was so <laughs> much like it was almost like a cartoon version of itself. Like, yeah. And so it just it just got really dumb. New, new <laughs> and I know metal, those guys were probably yeah. those guys were probably early on too, so I'm probably not really making any sense here. But there were those bands that were good bands, a lot of good bands in the new metal era, and then there was those other ones where I'm like, it, it is is the music really that important, or is the color of your beard what is what I should be focusing on? <laughs> it's like it, or the it, or the costume that you're wearing or whatever, you know. It, it it's funny how like while sonically different. New Metal did the exact same thing to itself that Glam did. And that oh, was, yeah. was oh, yeah. over, oversaturate, focus way more on the image, and then act surprised as hell when everybody's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. Story <laughs> yep. style. Uh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. all coming back around, though. You know, yeah. all, that, all that shit comes back around. Now it's like, you know, the, the, the New Metal that I couldn't stand back in the day. You throw on a song and I'm like, eh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> these things happen. Things come in circles. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Mrs. Jones uh, is a fun, sleazy track. Um, World goes round. I just put God. I love this album, dude. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, Chanel is a fun, not rock, tongue-in-cheek closer. It's the only one on air that like really jumps out of a, a rock style. Yeah, and it's kind of a teaser for what would come um, on the next album with just sure. a lot of genre hopping. Um, yeah. But I feel like these first two albums have an appeal right out of the gate, whereas I feel like Water Onward, um, at least the Devil in the Details as well, the third and fourth album, they have that grower quality where like the more times you hear it, the more you appreciate the different styles. Agreed. Whereas, whereas yeah. to me, like I can be in any mood and put on these first two, because mm-hmm. based on sheer quality alone, of just everything is perfect. I I agree with you, which is why we had an identical ranking, and yes. the lizard is also <laughs> my number one. Um, I love this because yeah, you you get all the big points out of the way, and I just get to you know reiterate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I my, I love the production on this album. That early '90s big ass sound is there, and I just yeah. I think it sounds amazing. Um, and I love I, they're still pushing boundaries, and they never stopped really until that last album. But um, but I think the difference between the the debut and the lizard is the the songwriting like feels like much more. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Um, I feel like the, they got catchier, like the songs are still really, were really good on the first one, but the second one, it's almost like they, they became more earwormy on some of the tracks with shit that just gets stuck in your head. Yeah. And, um, I also really love, especially when you're referring to songs like hostile youth, I love that a band like them can, it sounds like they're acknowledging the current state of popular rock music. But at the same time on this album, making it very clear that they really don't care. Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we, yeah, we can do we can do that shit too. Um, we can also do all this other stuff, you know. And so it's like, what a what is what what do you got? What you guys say? What 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 is what's what's Candlebox going to do? They're not going to do any <laughs> of these other songs, you know. I guess Candlebox hadn't come out yet. It was ninety two. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that uh, when when I was when I was putting together my my list and I was you know kind of taking my notes down and trying to come up with like reasons in my head why this band wasn't more successful we've already said a lot of them and it's because that it's because they they didn't quite fit in anywhere but i feel like the dangerous thing about their style is that to the average listener of whatever kind of music any one track by them could be the one track that turns somebody off while they Hmm. don't realize that the other bunch of tracks would be ones that they liked so yeah, that's what that's you know that's the love is on the way problem is that there were people that heard love is on the way and then also appreciated the rest of the album. But then I think somebody heard love is all the way. I love is on the way and said, well, fuck this band and mm. never gave them a chance or vice that- versa. Somebody heard love is on the way, heard hostile youth and went, oh, this is not what I wanted this to be. So. There's, it's there's dangerous, whole, but also good. But uh, I was just going to say, there's that whole um, like more than words or um, to be with you kind of situation where you know, yeah, you know, everybody thinks, oh, this is like a singer songwriter thing, and then they go out and buy I it. Mean, and the, the to rest be fair, of those are both really great examples, though, because yeah, Ex- extreme is a band that gets some shit talking. I'm just like, ah, really? Because they they were really good. Like they were <laughs> like super talented and honestly i would think some stuff that extreme did fits very well with saigon kick yeah yeah where extreme was also a band that they didn't really feel like they were seem like they were pigeonholed into doing a particular type of music mm-hmm. um but their hits i think were a little more on the softer side of things and then that's that we, we, we got to get to extreme at some point that'll be a fun one to do for sure um, but uh Sorry. Um, no, that's, that's fine. <laughs> I uh, I just think that um, at this point, those who are open to it will get this in a big way, because the strength the strength of the songs and the performances on most of what Saigon Kick put out. To me, it makes any categorization irrelevant. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because um, I've heard other bands that were like, oh, here, we're going to do a song. It sounds like it's from the 50s. But the song <laughs> isn't very good. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, shut up. But yeah. like, Saigon Kick's not that band. Like, they were able to take, take whatever turn they wanted to make and write really great songs. I'm going to even throw a little bit of praise at Bastards. I did not like that album. But for what it is, yeah. There's great songwriting for that style of music. So overall, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's maybe Bastards will grow on me. Maybe one day I'll go back to it and I'll be like, yeah, you know what? I, I, I kind of dig this. I don't know. And I need some <laughs> I might I need go some back time. to college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Lizard's my number one. It's a, it's an amazing album. I and, and it really is like, you know, if anybody, if anybody wants a starting point, for Saigon Kick, I would say just the lizard and then kind of go anywhere else that you want to go, because I think you kind of get a really great idea of who they are from this album. Yeah. So, yeah, our our first 
identical ranking. I I still can't get over it. They're like, yeah, because I because I, I in the beginning I was like, these are, it's going to be interesting. I think our rankings might be a little different. But as you started talking about it, I went, no, you're going to be nah, yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same. Um, so yeah, Saigon Kick all ranked. Um, that was fun, but of course, as usual, hold on, we're gonna. I'll, I'll hold this one up while we do it. Um, but we finished Saigon Kick, and so now three, two, one, yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. There you go. I, I held oh, up yeah. my Swiss Beats CD for those who are listening on the podcast world. Um, yeah, so that was that's great. That that it is a band we the name has been thrown around a lot probably since we started this podcast mm-hmm. and finally getting around to them. And, um, you know, every time we do a band like this, there's always that part in the back of my head where I go, wouldn't it be great if this one kind of catches on and a lot of people get turned on to this band and then, you know, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it sparks some sort of a thing where the dudes there's a are noticeable like, yeah. spike in there. Like, yeah. And then, yeah. And then they, they decided to come, come together and make another record. Cause I'd like to hear another record with Matt Kramer singing um, with Beeler's music. Cause I just, you know, it's great. But, but you know, that being said, the shit that Jason Beeler is doing now is fucking great. So I can't, I can't really complain that much. Hell but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, very unique band. And uh, may, maybe just the timing was slightly off for them. I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's in hindsight, it's just, uh, it's interesting, but I, I feel, I, I feel like one day they could become a band that a lot of people start throwing their name out. And anytime you say underrated bands, people will immediately start saying Saigon kick uh, mm-hmm. or they should. So, um, so yeah. Any, any closing thoughts? Uh, nah. <laughs> i think we've said all we need to say um there's a lot to talk about with saigon kick so um if you're if you're uh, one of the peanut butter platypuses and you're still here at the end uh thank you um also put some comments if you have any thoughts on saigon kick or or if this is brand new and we're turning you on at all um yeah. to the music or just in general turning you on um then let us know in the in the comments <laughs> um or if you're listening to this as a podcast, old head. Check out the OnlyFans. So yeah, that's it. That's it. We're, we're done with Saigon Kick. That was fun. Um, next week, we're coming back uh, with another uh, CNR sidebar, and it will be a very fun one. Um, mostly because we, just, we, you know, we do a lot of, of discographies, and it's nice to have a little palate cleanser. And that's what next week is going to be for us. So join us for that, because that'll be a lot of fun. Um, but that's it for Saigon Kick. Thank you for joining us. And as usual, I will throw it over to Mr. Edward Spartacus. To <laughs> Edward Spartacus to take us out. Sorry. Okay. I, I, what's a good Saigon Kick one? I just wanted to vibe with that. That was good. All right. Bye, everyone.